It is the Matt Mosley Show, Nikki Collins' weekly appearance, Baylor women's basketball coach, and the Bears um, are on a roll at this point, have now improved to 5-2, and two, back in the top 10, number, uh, number 9 in the country. I mean, Nikki, can you even remember uh, what was like, what, 14 days ago now? Sure can, sure can. Don't don't forget. Don't get me wrong. Like I think it's it's all about you know understanding where you were and and continuing to take the approach of like winning the day and being one and zero. And you know it's uh, so yes, I I can. In fact, you know this is the first time we've played an opponent for the second time. And and um, you know going back and watching that game and and um, I, I feel like I'm watching a different team. You know honestly and. You know, we led that game for 37 minutes and made a lot of mistakes late. And quite frankly, led it for 37 minutes and watching us, like I almost didn't recognize, you know, us. So, you know, maybe that's some COVID. Maybe that's, you know, we've made huge strides since then. But, uh, you know, kind of excited to see how, how we look against OU this second time around. Yeah, it's the thing about this conference that's so uh, that's so great is, is um, you get to go, you know, you get to go – play everybody twice and you get to see it again and, and pretty quickly uh nikki this uh with, with ou tomorrow night some really cool um things going on by the way the, the friday of course some giveaways some huge giveaways and then i believe we got some rally towels uh being handed out tomorrow night uh, by the way nikki those used to be called uh you can you can like sound like you know all your baylor history if you if you bring this up with anybody uh the older crowd will love this, but they used to be called growl towels. All right, growl, in, the, in the old and the and the Grant Taff era, these were called growl towels. Now, none of our mm-hmm. none of our newer crowd would know that, but yeah, the rally towels will be going. Uh, I think there'll be a lot of excitement. What with this interesting? I think it's four games in nine days. That in that little it's eight. It's eight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's four games. Four they wouldn't let me get away with saying it was four and seven. You know, um, oh. <laughs> and, and they're right. It's, it's uh, but when they you know jam this Texas uh, yeah. game in on Friday, you know, as a, as a makeup game, I'm like, yeah. whoa, okay, okay. This is. Um, so. I, I'm sort of curious. Does this does your WNBA time? help out does that um does that is it more like almost a um, nba or wnba schedule when you when you when you jam that many games in and will that be something you can kind of fall back on to uh to kind of guide this team through a really interesting uh, uh next few days yeah i mean i think the, the uniqueness of this is it's it is very wnba like wnba like it's almost even like a weekend series you know with texas um and so you, you know, take what you um, did well, take what you need to improve on, do a walkthrough on Saturday, fix some things, and, and you know, play it again. Um, I think the advantage of this stretch, um, the, the toughest part is Thursday. It's the one-day prep for Texas. And I don't mean that, um, you know, we're not uber-focused on, on OU because we are absolutely, um, you know, only thinking about OU right now, and, and that's what we need to prioritize. But when you think about, um, you know, the schedule and how it lays out, you know, we haven't played Texas yet. So one day prep for Texas on Thursday and, you know, coming off a team that plays the third highest pace in the country, um, you know, and, and wanting to, to make sure that, that we understand, you know, where our athletes are at physically um, as well as mentally. And so, you know, that's the toughest part, turning around and playing them again on Sunday, like physically is demanding. 
um, especially the uniqueness of, you know, this is Texas's bye week. So, like, they don't – they played on Saturday and then don't play us till Friday. So, as we – you know, they're, they're sitting back probably at a couple days off and, you know, we'll, we'll certainly, um, you know, have, have us scouted very well. Very well. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that's the toughest part is, is the one-day prep for Texas. Turning around and playing them again on Sunday – you know, I, I think you have the ability to kind of look at what you did, and, and obviously it's not a new scout. And then coming back and playing Kansas State, um, you know, a team also that I think we played with a team full of kids with COVID, um, you know, I think we'll look very different against them this time, but at least we've played them before. So, you know, from a prep perspective, you know, Texas is, is the unique opponent and that we haven't played them yet. But, you know, I think players would always rather, like, uh, practice less and play more. Um, but you know, that, that's the tough part on coaches. You, you want to make sure, um, that they're ready, that you have the time to prepare them physically, mentally, and, and, you know, get them ready for the game. So it'll be a tough stretch, but I've coached in six and nine stretches, you know, six games in nine days yeah. to finish with back to back. And so, you know, you can do it, you can do it successfully. And, you know, that stretch we had, we were six and oh late in the season, um, my first year in Atlanta. And so, um, you know, it, it becomes mental. It becomes the, the fatigue becomes, you know, mental in that situation, even though it's truly real. You know, how, how do you block it out? How do you put one foot in front of the other and, and, and be good at your craft? You know, COVID has um, uh, brought a lot of changes to our game and our lives. And uh, I even remember, um, you know, one of my buddies from college is the coach at, at North Texas for the men. And last year, their schedule, they set it up where they played Friday nights on a, on a Friday, and then they would, and this is every weekend during conference, they would turn around and play a Saturday day game, and it's just so, yep. I mean, it's just so weird, but like you say, you've done those back-to-backs and know what that's uh, know what that's like. Talking to Nikki Collin on her weekly appearance, Matt Mosley show, ESPN Central Texas. Uh, Nikki, I, I am interested in, you know, we've brought up the fact that there is a lot of, uh, there are new coaches um, you know, after years and years of sort of familiar faces in this conference, uh, uh, Jenny uh, uh, Baranchek is, uh, you know, has obviously had some early success at Oklahoma. You know all these coaches, and you sort of are able to know their backgrounds and all. She came from uh, Drake. What What is sort of her trademark, and, and what, uh, you know, in the short time you all been together in this conference, what uh, what have you been able to kind of figure out about, what she's trying to accomplish in, in preparing for this uh, OU team. Well, I think she she walked into a situation. I, I know people weren't going to say that her situation was similar to mine, other than the fact that she certainly followed a legend in Sherry Cole. Um, you know, doesn't have the national championships that 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 Baylor has, but you know, a super proud program for sure. And um, you know, maybe didn't have the the marquee name players um, that Baylor had, but you know, she she was able to put her system in that she's run um, super successfully um, at Drake, and that's kind of a, a five out motion, sometimes four out, one in. Um, you know, play with great pace, take a lot of threes. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's you know, she didn't have to you know jam you know, a square peg into a round hole. And and I say I've I've said that about my situation as well in terms of the athletes that um you know that that I inherited here. And so, you know, she's done an amazing job of getting them to buy into this um system of playing fast and, 
you know, 49% of their shots are taken in the first eight seconds of the shot clock. Um, and that number has continued to rise in conference play. And so, you know, they, they effectively run the floor, take quick shots, have good shooters, you know, space you out, you know, really attack and, and play kind of the analytical game of, you know, scoring most of their points five feet in and behind the arc. You know, um, Maddie Williams is kind of the um, their leading scorer, but the, you know, the one person that, that takes shots, you know, kind of outside of that five feet and three, she'll take a lot of mid-range shots and pull-ups. But, um, you know, they have Taylor Robertson, who's the best three-point shooter in the history of the Big 12. So, you know, they, they've done just an amazing job of, of um, believing in her system and then success has, you know, made them be really confident in, in that. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I thought the uh, the first matchup, you, you all did some actually really uh, good things in that game and uh, and obviously kind of ran out of gas a little bit. And this is going to be a, uh, this will be a tremendous opportunity uh, and uh, to try to keep building on this. Uh, the run that uh, that you guys are on right now. I, I had a thought uh, watching and, and reading some about, you know, Asbury and, and, and Jordan, of course. All those, um, that, that had to be interesting for those players. You're a new coach at Baylor, uh, or new to Baylor, and, and these players, uh, you know, decide to come to Baylor sort of under different, uh, under different parameters uh, when some of these people were making decisions and all. Um, what, what is that like? And did it help that you had... If I'm if my memory serves correct, you had transferred in you know in in your basket in your playing career. Does that you having gone through that does it help you sort of relate to players? I mean, this portal's become a wild thing. Um, but I'm just kind of wondering you're you relating to these players you inherited and especially these two that transferred into you. Does that um, were you able to kind of fall back on a little bit of your experience in that regard? You know what's really interesting is. Um... You know, in my situation, I had to sit out a year. Um, and so the, you know, with Jordan, you know, being a grad transfer and using her COVID year, and, and Jamie was, quite frankly, the same way, was also uh, a grad transfer. She just graduated in three years where Jordan, you know, working on her second master's at this point. Um, but both of them had way more success at their first school individually. Um, you know, I played on a big, two Big Ten championship teams at Purdue and you know, was a part of a Final Four and an Elite Eight team um, in the two years I was I was at Purdue, but was very much a role player, and you know was um, was so passionate about the game that you know had look I would have never left had I had a bigger role at Purdue. You know, like I I but I I love basketball enough, and I knew there was a finite amount of time that I could play it. Um, that, you know, I knew I needed to go somewhere where I had opportunity to truly play and play a lot. And so, you know, I was, I was so grateful for both opportunities. Um, these guys had amazing success, Jordan, um, you know, from SEC all freshman team to all conference to, um, you know, being their leading scorer and, and, and getting them to an NCAA tournament or junior slash senior year, whatever we call it, you know, at, at Alabama, you know, Jamie. Um, average 17 points a game. So both of them have taken a step back in terms of, you know, kind of their their impact, even though in a huge way um, they've, they've been so much a part of, like, this resurgence we've had and the balance that we've had and the ability for teams to not, you know, just load up on, on lists in the paint or clean. And, and so I think it's just, 
Um, what I understand is I understand the change. I understand what it ne- means to have new coaches and new teammates. Shoot, when I transferred to Marquette, the year I sat out, I had one coach. Um, Jim Jaber was my coach that I went there to play for. He left to go back to the East Coast and go to Providence, and so then I got another new coach. So um, I certainly understand the dynamics of change. I certainly think in their situation they had so much personal success that they were coming here to compete for championships. You know, they were coming here to learn what it was like to play in a great team. And, and you know, and I think in both cases to to help help further their opportunity for, you know, their pro careers down the road. And so, you know, I think it's it's been a really good match. It certainly hasn't happened in perfect harmony all the time. Like, there have been ups and downs, but I think that, um, you know, the goals that they had and the expectations are, are still, you know, kind of there for the taking for both of them. All right. Uh, I, I did have to – I wanted to have you weigh in. This is apparently – it's looking like Armageddon tonight uh, in Lubbock, the uh, the situation oh, wow, of Chris yeah. Beard going back to Tech. All the students, uh, it's gotten a little ugly, you know, with everything. You know, some of this is good fun. Some of it, you know, borders on some – hate type stuff that's that's happening have you ever uh uh been involved in a program or even your husband's programs that like somebody you or you were in a game or somebody was going back to someplace they just left and it was like a really ugly kind of mean atmosphere i mean i don't know exactly what to expect tonight it's not like i, I hopefully security can keep them from doing anything too crazy but I, the buildup to this thing has gotten almost out of hand. And and the, the fun part of it is you don't really usually see college regular season games have this kind of buildup. Uh, the downside yeah. is some of it's kind of ugly, you know, and, and so there's a there's a there's a balance there. But is there does this bring back any kind of memories or have you have you ever been a part of anything that, that feels anything even close to this? Yeah, I would. I mean, I'm not sure I can say close, you know, because this is this is certainly next level of fandom. Um, but I think that, you know, one of the most amazing things um, that I remember, and this was early in my coaching career, um, I was at Colorado State, and um, at the time the Mountain West was really good. We were getting four and five teams in the NCAA tournament because we had Utah and and BYU at the time, and New Mexico was really good, and we went down and played in the pit. Um, and if you haven't played in the pit, you know, I mean, we, we played at elevation um, in Fort Collins, but their elevation was, was different, you know, and, and uh, you know, the uniqueness of the pit and, and the, the, the ramp that you have to come in and out of down to the court. Um, and it was senior day and a sellout. And it was just, it was just insane. And I remember <laughs> being so excited about, you know, it was two really good teams. Um, competing for a conference championship. Um, New Mexico had an amazing senior class that year. And I just remember, like, the walk up the tunnel. Like, it was – they won in a really contested close game, but the fans were absurd, um, kind of comical, kind of over the top all game long, but super <laughs> aggressive. It was the kind of place when you were in Albuquerque, the team was so good then. Don Flanagan was the coach. And um, that you'd, you'd go out to eat as a team, and you'd have people like – you know, we're going to kick your butt and, you know, you're not using the butt term, like as you're like sitting there eating, like super like aggressive, but excited fan base. And, and I still remember like um, after the game, walking up that tunnel and the fans hanging over the edge. And here I am like 24 year old assistant coach. Um, and 
they were screaming obscenities and cuss words. And I'm thinking, dude, your team just won. And like your eight year old kid is standing right next to you. Like, this is, <laughs> not sure this is actually the, the behavior I would want to model um, to my children. But I just remember thinking at the time, like, this is seriously next level. Um, and so that would be the closest. Um, and I know, you know, as, as New Mexico hasn't had the same success over the years, I'm not sure going to the pit is exactly the same experience today. Um, but I think a lot of people would tell you, like, um, the men's and women's side there, and when they've truly been successful, like, how crazy, um, in a good and bad way, um, that that New Mexico fan base has been. Yeah, isn't that funny that you brought up New Mexico because it's kind of in that same part of the world, you know, as tech. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's just yeah. something out west Maybe they're wired a little differently. I don't know. I mean, I there was something that happened with Marcus Smart a few years ago when they were out in Lubbock when he was playing at Oklahoma State. Uh, I remember Brittany, I think, punched a Texas Tech player, Brittany Griner, several years oh, ago. That's and right. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. that yeah. yeah, the things took a, uh, a an interesting turn after that. But uh, you know, it is it's a lot of passion involved, and um, and now uh, Nikki, the difference is you know. All that cussing and stuff, like, you have that, you know, in your mind. You know, that's a picture in your mind. Now we have it all on cell phone cameras. You know, we, we, we right. get to, the, <laughs> you see, and it, you no, can see exactly. that the, the weird side of Chris Beard sitting up in the front of that bus with kids, students kind of running at him, you know, with obscene gestures. It's like, oh, my gosh. It's like on one hand, we want, like, Baylor uh, students to to have that sort of passion, but just not show it in a different manner, and um, and it, it does feel like um, it does feel like we have a different type of approach, which is a I think a really good thing. But we want them to be as wild and crazy and all that as possible. I will tell you, last thing, not to get too far into history, but um, they, <laughs> but Tom Penders once was at Baylor, and uh, and Susie Penders vowed never to to come back. I guess she was sitting. And, the, and at that time, they took some of the Baylor students away and wouldn't let them sit behind the opposing benches anymore. So uh, it was, uh, yeah, things got, uh, back in the day, things got out of hand. In fact, the um, the uh, Baylor had to suspend our uh, PA guy because after that game, he, he shouted something like, Baylor has just basically something along the lines of, they've just sent Tom Penders and his top-ranked Longhorns packing, you know, over the... Over the PA. <laughs> oh wow! I mean, but the, the, in, some, in some ways, we have we have some sensitivity issues. Like it can it can be extreme, certainly. Yeah. And yeah. there's there's a respect and a sportsmanship that that needs to happen. Um, yeah. At the same time, let let let's not let's not be overly sensitive. We know um, people are going to say things in the heat of the moment. You know, it's um, you know, I mean, I had a hold of the mic last night at the men's game, and I was thinking about doing a TED talk, but just. Instead, encourage fans to come to the game on on Wednesday and Friday, and you know, lead the stadium cheer. Which my first question was, why do we call it a stadium cheer? Like we're in an arena right now, and they're like, yeah, maybe we should rethink that, you know. But um, um, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it's it's always fun to be in front of the Baylor fans, and yeah. it's good to see the men, you know, come back last night and um, win one without both Flagler and Cryer. I mean, yeah. That that that's that's gut that's gutty, especially coming off you know like a one day prep situation. Yeah, yeah, I attribute that to your arena cheer last night. That comeback and well, the, I mean, the, the I, grit I, I, that I'm they not, showed. I don't want to take full credit, but you know we are undefeated <laughs> here at Baylor. You know, so 
Um, you know, and I, I don't even charge extra for it. So free service I provide. I don't know. I would talk to your agent. I think I would charge a little extra for that. But uh, <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, Nikki, um, always fun and um, a very exciting stretch coming up. And uh, I feel like by the next time we talk, you'll have played what three more games. We'll have a lot of yeah, we'll have a lot to talk games. about. <laughs> sure. So anyway, well, I appreciate it. There, there, she, there she goes, Nikki Collin. It is now time for Campus Confidential Big Portal News. Oklahoma's star quarterback has finally found a destination. That is next. <laughs> 